<laughs> How cute is that? Well, that's a contagious laugh of contagious joy. Hello, Cathedral family. God is good. And all the time. Thanks so much for being here, wherever you're at on campus, those who are watching online, uh, other sites around the Bay Area. So glad that you're here with us. We, we started last week a brand new series on the fruit of the Spirit. First, we saw that the fruit of the Spirit is love, and today, I want to talk about the fruit of the Spirit being joy, going organic in the best kind of way, that this is the day to take back your joy. Can somebody say amen? Amen. The Bible verse for the day, I'm going to invite everybody to stand if you would, and let's read this verse out loud together, fill this place with the Word of God. But this is what God wants to produce in our lives. Say it with me. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Can we give God praise for his word? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your word. That this is the day to take back our joy. I'm taking back my joy. Would you say that with me? I'm taking back my joy. Now, here's a challenge to you. I, it may be a faith smile, but as you smile, I want you to say it one more time with me. Ready? I'm taking back my joy. Before you're seated, look at someone and tell them, I'm taking back my joy. Amen? (laughs) Taking back my joy. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. There's been a lot of research when it comes to joy. Neuroscientists and psychologists, they've mapped out the pleasure centers in our brains, and they've been able to isolate the joy genes in our DNA. They even did an experiment with rats. They were trying to study the physiology of laughter, so they tickled rats to see what would happen. I didn't even know rats were ticklish. You learn something every day. And what they found is that there are all kinds of forces and influences when it comes to our joy. But as people of faith, we recognize that the most important influence in our lives is God. And that the fruit of the Spirit is what? And that this is the day we're taking back our joy. Taking back our joy. Have you ever thought of God as being joyful? Let's start with God having a sense of humor. Every time I look in the mirror in the morning, I'm reminded 
God has a sense of humor. Amen. <laughs> we have a wonderful staff team here at Cathedral, and Jolie is a member of our staff. Would you give it up for Jolie? She does a great job. She was telling me this week about something that happened in college. Now, Jolie spells her name J-O-L-L-Y. And so it's quite obvious. Some people call her Jolie, but there are other people that call her Jolly. And she said when she first went to college, they assigned her to a dorm. And when she walked into the dorm, the name of the dorm was Smiley Hall. And she thought to herself, okay, here I am, a student, Jolly, who was assigned to Smiley Hall. Now I know God has a sense of humor. Amen. <laughs> but this idea that God is joyful. Have you ever pictured God as being joyful? One of my favorite writers, Dallas Willard, he says, God is the happiest, most joyful being in the universe. Do you see God that way? In the Old Testament, it talks about the Father this way. It says, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. Can someone say amen? amen. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. Can somebody say amen? amen. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs rejoice over you that phrase gives us a picture of someone who is so joyful they begin to dance so you think you can dance picture the father so joyful that he dances over you this god who has joy and then we come to the joy of the Son. That during Jesus' ministry on earth, he once gathered together a group of people like you and me. And he said, I'm going to send you out to minister to the community. And they did. They went out and ministered to their community. And when they came back, wow, did they have praise reports. The people that they prayed for, they got healed. And the people that they shared their faith with, they got saved. And the people that were possessed of demons, they got set free. And when they're telling Jesus these praise reports, this is how the Bible reports Jesus' response to that moment. It says, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. That phrase, full of joy, it gives you the idea of being so joyful. It's explosive joy, joy that makes you throw back your head and laugh. So here you have a God who is joyful, the Father who is joyful, the son who is joyful. And then Jesus takes that same Holy Spirit and he plants it as a seed in your life and my life. And that seed creates a vine and that vine creates a branch and that branch produces 
joy, that is what it is, that is what it looks like to go organic. And that's why today we need to take back our joy, a joy that makes us want to dance again. Can somebody say amen? amen? A joy that makes us want to throw back our head and laugh. Can somebody say amen? amen? Well, today is the day I'm taking back my joy. Say that with me. I'm taking back my joy. And maybe today, more than ever in our culture, we need the message of joy. Because everywhere you look, one expert from Harvard University, he says, right now we are smiling less and worrying more. Happiness is down and sadness is up. We are getting less sleep and that depression is on the rise. And my guess is just from how stats break it down that there's a certain group that's here this weekend that you've been battling depression all week long. There's another group that's here. Your depression has moved to despair. And then there's another group, maybe one or two. The despair has such a hold on your heart, you don't see how you can go on another day. Friend, this is the day that by the power of the Spirit, you're not here by accident, you're not here by chance. God has brought you into this moment because this is the day we are taking back our joy. Taking back our joy. Let's give God praise. Amen. Here is why joy matters so much. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's my strength against temptation. Some people fall into temptation because they're just bored and they're looking for some excitement. They're looking for anything to break their boredom. But friend, when you get a hold of the joy of the Lord, it gives me strength to overcome temptation. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The reason why this matters so much is you need the joy of the Lord to reach your dreams. Because if you go after your dream and you lose your joy, you lose your strength. You get worn out and worn down and you walk away from your dream because you've lost your joy. But joy is what gives you the strength to go after your dream and take hold of your dream. The joy of the Lord is my what? Strength. And it gives me strength in my testimony. It's amazing how just having joy can impact the lives of those around you. Recently, I was talking with somebody who was kind of young and hip. And after our conversation, they say, you know, you have a really good vibe about you. Translation, there was something about joy that they picked up in our conversation. Talk about giving strength to your witness. See, joy is not a side issue. It's a big issue for us as people of faith. Another one of my favorite writers, Lewis Smead, said, you and I were created for joy, and if we miss it, we miss the reason for our existence. Don't miss your joy. Today is the day 
to take back our joy. This is the day. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. The Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's give God praise. We're taking back our joy today. Amen. Taking back my joy. Say that with me. Taking back my joy. Boy, can you sense joy. Joy returning to your spirit today. Now, if we're going to cooperate with the spirit, I'm going to give you three things to think about. Ways that we can cooperate with the spirit to take back our joy this week. The first one has to do with, with this. You can either endure the journey or you can enjoy the journey. You can endure the journey or you can learn to enjoy the journey. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Let me say it again. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. 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 Again, I will say it because I need to hear it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, if you're like me, when you get up and go to work, you drive in traffic. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And here's what I've noticed. See if you notice this tomorrow. Look around at the people next to you who are driving, and there are two kinds of people you see in traffic. There's one group of people, they are doing what I would call enduring the journey. They have a destination, and they're enduring the journey. These are people who look like this right up here. Now, there's another group of people, instead of enduring the journey, they are enjoying the journey. They're in the same traffic, right? But they look like this right up here. They're doing more than enduring the journey. They are enjoying the journey. And here's the takeaway from your drive and traffic tomorrow. I don't have to just endure the journey until I reach my destination. I can find joy right now. I can have joy right now. That there is joy for me to discover in the journey. Enjoy the journey. This is so important because if you're like me, you can get caught up into what I will call a when then way of thinking. When I reach my destination, that's when I'll be happy. Did you know that Paul wrote these words, rejoice in the Lord always, when he was in prison? Are you kidding me? I would think that Paul would say, when I get out of prison, then I'll be happy. But instead he says, no, there's room for joy even while I'm in prison, even on the journey, I can still find joy. I know how this works. So when I get into that college, then I'll be happy. When I get out of that college, then I'll be happy. When I get a job, then I'll be happy. When I get a better job, then I'll be happy. When we have kids in the house, then we'll be happy. When the kids are out of the house, man, then I'll be happy. 
It's a win-then way of thinking. See, when we reach the destination, then we'll be happy and we're always waiting. And we miss the joy that we can have today. Because there is joy right here in the journey. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. That means wherever I'm at in the journey, I can find joy right here and right now. Let's give God praise, amen? That's the power of this joy. Think about our ultimate destination. Our ultimate destination is heaven. Think about that. Anybody looking forward to going to heaven? Let me see your hands. Can we give God praise for that ultimate destination? Heaven is where we're headed. Wow, what an exciting day that's going to be. Can you imagine the joy? I mean, this is all temporary, but the joy that we're going to have for eternity in heaven. Anybody looking forward to that day? Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. And yet Jesus is so good to us. He says, you don't have to wait until you reach your destination to have some joy, heavenly joy here and now. When Jesus came to this earth, he came to bring the power and the presence of the kingdom right here, right now. That's why the Bible says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. That because of Jesus, we don't have to wait until we reach the destination. We can find joy in the journey right here and right now. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm taking back my joy. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm taking back my joy. Say that with me. I'm taking back my joy. That brings us to the the second big way we can cooperate. First of all, we open ourselves up to the possibility of enjoying the journey and not waiting till that destination. And the second way, it has to do with this. You can either give away your power or you can hold on to your power and choose joy. Choose joy. There's this commercial that I saw, and the commercial, well, the parents are very happy. The kids, not so much. Watch your screens, and you can see it for yourselves. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's that time of year again. They're going back. It's back to school time at Staples. Over 7,000 supplies at guaranteed low prices. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, yeah. Any parents rejoicing? (laughs) Kids are back in school. and It's funny. When it comes to joy, circumstances are not unimportant. But circumstances are not all important either. I want to say that again. Everybody lock in. This is so important to get. When it comes to joy, circumstances are not unimportant, 
But circumstances are not all important either. And even in our circumstances, we can still find joy. We can still choose joy. There's a man by the name of Viktor Frankl. He was a psychiatrist. And he survived the Nazi concentration camps. And he talks about how they took everything away from him. He had no power. They took away his personal belongings. They took away his clothes. They even took away his name. Gave him a number. So he had no control over that. They took away everything, but he said there was one thing that they could not take away from me. And he writes this in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing. The last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. This is what God gives us the power to do. Circumstances are not unimportant, but circumstances are not all important. And we still have the power to choose joy in the midst of our circumstances. Can we give God praise, amen? The power God gives us to choose joy. Because in life, you can't control all the circumstances around you. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You can't control. I mean, you show up, you wake up. Some days, I found this one picture. It said, your bad day has just started. (laughs) And things happen in life. And you can't control your circumstances, but you can control your attitude in the middle of those circumstances. And the Bible talks about a joy that is deep, a joy that is durable, that even in the midst of difficult circumstances, we can still choose joy. Everything doesn't have to line up in my life just right for me to find joy. I have a joy that's deeper than that, more durable than that. Jesus once talked about this durable, deep joy. The night before he is crucified, he gathers together his friends, and he says, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to die. And when I die, it's going to be a time of great sorrow for you. Man, it is going to crush you. But he said, I'm going to come back from the dead, and when you see me, there's going to be great joy. And then he he gave them an analogy. He said, it's a little bit like childbirth. How many moms do we have in the house today? Let me see your hands. Then you know something about childbirth. Uh, I was in the room for the birth of both of our children. I didn't do much, but I was in the room. I almost passed out, but I was still in the room. I was in the room to cheer my wife on. Honey, come on. You just got to get tough. That almost got me thrown out of the room right there. (laughs) 
But I was in the room, and if you've been around childbirth, wow, all the pain and the screaming and the breathing, and I think it qualifies for great sorrow. And then that new baby comes into the world, and the great joy. There's still pain. The pain's still there. But the great joy that you have overwhelms the pain. And Jesus says the joy that he brings. He brings a joy that is so deep. Look at what he says. You will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. No one can rob you of that joy. Let me say it again. No one can rob you of that joy. They don't have the power. They don't. No one can rob you of that joy. The devil cannot rob you of that joy. Your boss cannot rob you of that joy. Your mother-in-law cannot rob you of that joy. Pastor Ken, my mother-in-law, is the devil. She still cannot rob you of your joy. They don't have the power unless you give your power away. Even in the midst of difficult circumstances with difficult people around you, the joy of the Lord can ride in on that moment. I like how this monkey puts it. He says, don't let the sins of others steal your joy today. Keep smiling. Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that you can still choose joy. Don't give away your power. Even when circumstances are not ideal, the joy is deep and durable and can override the sorrow. There's a lady by the name of Johnny, and when she was young, she was in a swimming accident, and it paralyzed her from the shoulders down. And she's known for being a very upbeat person, a lot of smiles when she speaks. And they asked her one time, how do you do that? I mean, really. How do you keep going? How do you keep smiling? As a quadriplegic, how do you do that? And she says, well, every day when I get up, I know the routine ahead of me. There are some things I can't control. She has to have somebody sit her up. She has, ha has to have somebody bathe her. She has to have somebody feed her. She knows the routine ahead of her. And as she looks at that routine and she looks at the day, she says this prayer. She says, God, I don't have a smile for today, but you do. Can I borrow your smile? And I will give that smile that I get from you to other people today. And she says, she says, whatever joy you see in me today was hard won this morning. Friend, 
Don't give away your power. You can still choose joy. If you have Jesus in your heart, then there is still always room for joy. I'm taking back my joy. Say that with me. I'm taking back my joy. Now that brings us to the last big idea. If I'm going to cooperate with the Spirit in producing joy in my life, here's a third thing, that you can keep your old mindset or you can take on a new mindset. You can keep your old mindset this week or you can take on a new mindset. The Bible says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What is going on in my mind can impact my level of joy. Brain scientists, they've discovered so much about the human brain. They have found that if for 20 minutes a day, you will meditate on a joyful thought. For example, how's this for a joyful thought? God is working all things together for my good and for his glory. That's a joyful thought right there, amen? And if you will meditate on a joyful thought for 20 minutes a day, chemicals will actually be released in your brain. New grooves will be established in your brain and your brain starts to rewire itself and it becomes a more joyful place. And more joy begins to flow out of your thoughts. That's why the Bible says that God transform you by changing the way that you think. So if we'll allow God to change our mindset this week, for example, instead of having a, well, I have to mindset, change that to a, I get to mindset. I get to mindset. I have a friend, when he makes out a to-do list, instead of calling it his to-do list, he calls it his to-enjoy list. Can you see the difference? If you wake up and you have a to-do list today, you know what that means? You woke up. You're still breathing. God has given you another day. I don't have to do that list. I get to do that list. If you say, oh, I have to clean my house today. If you have to clean your house, you know what that means? You have a house. You have shelter over your head. You're not sleeping in the streets. I don't have to clean my house. I get to clean my house. If you have a job, I I, I saw this interview with a, a, a football player, and he was talking about you know, offensive linemen, why they're so cheerful. And this is what he said. He said, there are not a lot of well-paying jobs for 300-pounders. We found one, and we're happy about it. <laughs> you know, I don't have to go to work today. If, I, if I'm going to work, it means that I have a job and that I'm healthy enough to go to that job. I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work. The Bible says always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. 
There's a connection between joyfulness and thankfulness. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. If we'll have that shift in our mindset this week, and then there's one more shift I want to talk to you about. How many are facing a trial this week? You're facing a trial. Let me see your hands just real high. Say, Pastor Ken, I'm facing a trial. Instead of thinking of it as a trial, think of it as a test. Instead of thinking it as a trial, think of it as a test. Now, I need somebody to help me out for this. I need a child to volunteer. Buddy, would you help me out right there, the handsome guy with the tie? Can you give me a hand? Thanks. How about a big hand? Look at this handsome guy here. Look at this handsome guy. Come on up here. Uh, tell everybody your first name. Kristen. Kristen. Come on over here, Kristen, and help me out. Now, Kristen, what grade are you in at school? Second. Second grade. And now, Kristen, in second grade, what's going to happen is they're going to teach you all kinds of things. You're going to learn about them. And then they're going to give you a test. And if you pass the test, you know what? Next year, you're going to go up one step. Go ahead and go up to that next step, to that next level, and you're going to be in third grade. And then next year, if you go up, well, they're going to teach you new things. You're going to learn new things, and they're going to give you some tests. And if you pass that test, guess what? You're going to go up another step. Now you'll be in fourth grade. Now, if you, well, if you learn the things that next year in fourth grade, they're going to give you some more tests. And if you pass those tests, guess what? You're going to go up to that next level. You're going to be in fifth grade. And then in fifth grade, they're going to teach you more things. You're going to learn more. They're going to test you on it. And if, well, if you pass those tests, guess what? You're on your way to middle school. You grew up right before our eyes. How about a big hand for, yeah, Kristen. Yeah, that's awesome, buddy. Now, hang here with me for just a moment. Friend, right now, if you're in a trial, that trial is a test. And if you see the trial as a test, that God, I'm going to learn what I need to learn and I'm going to pass the test and I'm on my way to a new level. I'm on my way to a new level of blessing. I'm on my way to a new level of opportunity. I'm on my way to a new level of maturity. This trial is just a test that is taking me to a promotion in my future. Amen. That is how we still have joy in the middle of those tests. The Bible says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Can we give God praise? Amen. The change in mindset. Hey, buddy, I've got a little gift for you. Thanks so much for helping me out. And it makes sense. I've got an almond joy for you helping me out today. Thanks so much, bud. God bless you. So proud of you. How about a big hand again for Kristen? Way to go, Kristen. Yeah. You the man. I'm taking back my joy. Say that with me. I'm taking back my joy. Megan is going to come and the arts team, and, and really, they're the close to my sermon. But I feel such a deep burden today. 
for those who are, you've been battling depression, you've been battling despair, you've lost your joy just being real. Well, we've all been there at one time or another. And if today is the day you'd say, Pastor Ken, today's the day I need to take back my joy. With everybody's eyes closed, I just want to agree with you that this is your day. Would you lift up your hand real high? This is your day. Oh, my. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, descend upon this place. God, let your kingdom come and your will be done. Bring your peace and your joy to our broken hearts. That even in the midst of great sorrow, God, your joy can ride in on that moment. Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And Jesus, we declare today that this week is going to be a new week. The power of the Spirit is at work in our lives. And we are taking back our joy. We are taking back our joy. No one is going to rob us of our joy. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please. They're going to sing this song. After they sing, I'll dismiss everybody. But this is our faith declaration today. In fact, I'm going to invite you to do something that's way out of the box. If you'd say, hey, Pastor Ken, I just feel like, man, I, I just feel like dancing. I feel like throwing back my head and laughing today. I feel like there's explosive joy in my heart. Or I feel like I need to take a step of faith that this is the week I'm taking back my joy. Well, I'm going to be down here. Dr. Wayne's going to be down here. Jolie's going to be down here. Pastor Mike's going to be down here. And we invite you to join us as Megan and the team sings, we are taking back our joy. I'm taking it back. Say that with me. I'm taking it back. Amen. Let's declare this song, everybody. Come on down and join us. I know you got some joy in you.
joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm never going to steal my joy. <laughs>